It's a cold one. It's always cold down here in the Big Bunker. Tentatively, I suppose, titled episode one of the, what do we want to call this, the Raging Dissident Podcast? Pod, pod, podcast? Ragecast? Pod Rage? Something along those lines. 21 February. 21 February 21. Oh, no. We crossed some kind of vortex. <laughs> we definitely crossed the vortex into insanity a long time ago. Uh, not really sure how I want to do this. Suppose I just have to go to this with an introduction because a lot of the guys that you follow me on the well, the typical online presence, uh, the website RagingDissident.tv, always there. All the social links and everything is there. But the uh, you know what I've been doing the previous couple of years is doing uh, you know these streams you guys are familiar with, three hour, four hour, <laughs> sometimes the twelve hour mega bowl streams. Um, I take kind of my own. You know, we all have a unique perspective of mine, I think, is a little bit extra because I'm an insane person. <laughs> and lambasting and critiquing the nightmare in which we all kind of reside right now, otherwise known as life. It's a little bit more difficult and ridiculous and insane. By the day, I try to use, uh, try to make it a little bit funny, makes it a little bit easier to digest. Sometimes it's uh, just a lot of angry yelling. <laughs> I did want to record this, you know, how most people do these podcasts, they just do them, you know, but, but talking to myself is weird, you know, I'm kind of used to having an audience, sometimes a thousand people, two thousand people a night, so to sit here in the dark and talk to myself is a little bit silly, so I am streaming this test early pilot episode to you guys, um, so, you know, enjoy, I'll be here for, we'll do this for an hour or so, try and figure out some kind of format, can't do a lot of the same things I do, because it's all just audio. As normal. <laughs> Don't really know what to get into, so I'll just get in. I'll just talk, because that's what we do here. What is it? any of it really about? Does anybody even know anymore? <laughs> stay home, stay safe. Wear the masks. Don't wear the mask. Wear five masks. Don't see grandma, but go to the Super Bowl, etc. It's all very upsetting. <laughs> but if you don't know, if you're new, uh, this is your first experience with uh, the train wreck mess that this is going to be. Um, I hope you enjoy, uh, if, you're, if you're politically conscious, politically correct, you know, you're, you're worried about hurting anybody's feelings, uh, this is not the place for you. If you're concerned with social justice causes and progressive liberalism, this is not for you. You're an ardent supporter of the Justin Trudeau, Canadian liberal communist regime. This is definitely not for you. In fact, if you're maybe, well, that's great. I'm on the other team. I'm on the team conservative, and we're going to get Justin out, and we're going to, this is not for you either. They stole this from a movie who stole it from someone else who stole it from someone else. as a quote overheard uh, supposedly during the Wall Street financial collapse in 2008 and said, uh, the truth is like poetry. Most people fucking hate poetry. I just don't like to lie. I don't like to say things that I know are not true. It's very, it, you know, it bothers me. So, um, I'm kind of an asshole about it, and I piss a lot of people off saying this kind of stuff. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't like it? 
What's wrong with Aaron O'Toole? Well, he's a fat mess. He's a communist sympathizer. He takes money from the communist Chinese. You can look it up. It's on record. Took money from the Saudi Arabians. Um, and shot for shot, the liberal platform, the conservative platform is the same. Really makes no difference. They're pro, uh, you know, climate agenda. They're pro uh, Paris Accords. They're pro UN agenda. They're pro gun control. You know, he won't even say he'll, ban- you know, he'll repeal all of it. No, he won't. He doesn't. They're, they're battling with the liberals over who can be more liberal. So how, do, how is that ever going to end? Not well. The Conservative Party of Canada only exists to make sure that an actual Conservative Party of Canada can never exist. They're just in the way. Maybe we're just distur- disturbingly outnumbered. It's hard to say, but, um, you know, not much you can do about it now. <laughs> but I can complain, though. I can complain and yell and scream into this device. Makes me feel a little bit better. Makes you guys feel a little bit better. I'm basically the guy playing the violin as the Titanic goes under. I've used that analogy quite often. That's my take on Western civilization as a whole, especially after the events in Washington and the States over the past six months. Um, you know, and you'll and you'll listen to these political talking heads go on and on and on. What needs to be done? We need germs. We need the vaccine. We need to. I, you know, I'm, I'm the guy up top. I'm just playing a violin. I was already down below. I just, I know there's a giant, uh, you know, <laughs> 18-wheeler-sized hole in the hull of this ship. It's over. Like, this isn't, this is not, uh, the avoiding the iceberg is way too late for that. Society has reached a, um, I'm sure you guys have all felt this wherever you are listening to this. Whichever side of the fence you're on, we've reached an, uh, an unbridgeable gap or a chasm, if you will. People are either on one side or the other. Nobody wants to negotiate. Nobody wants to talk. Nobody's interested. Very, very few. I won't say nobody. Very, very few. Very, very, very fewer people than ever in history are interested in hearing what the other people think or why they think that way and how we can reach a compromise. But they don't want to do any of that. They demand that you obey them. They demand that you adhere to the things that they want and the things they believe and live your life according the way they want you to do it. And that's an old saying about politics. There's all there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the kind that uh, just want to be left alone, and there's the kind that won't leave them alone. And that's never been more true than now. You've got a, uh, a cult of mask-wearing maniacs running around, hell-bent on destroying people's lives. Because that's their team. They're not even scared. Like, most of them aren't even scared of their own, you know, doom virus. And and I know this because they're out walking around with their, you know, they've got their two-year-old child with no mask on sitting in their their shopping cart in the grocery store, but they're wearing one. Or it's, you know, it's pulled down under their nose or they take it off to sneeze. Like, obviously you don't believe this is a problem because if you did, number one, I would not be taking my, if I was there as a deadly pandemic or just rampaging through the ranks of our population and killing people, it's it's crazy out there. It's madness. But let me bring my two-year-old. And I've explained this logical fallacy. I don't know how many times I need to explain this. Maybe I just got to say it louder and louder and more and more often. I don't care what your stats say. I don't care what your so-called experts say who are you know, constantly wrong and flip-flopping and changing their goddamn minds. How is it that we can't visit our dying family members? You can't go to the hospital 
and see your, your grandmother, your grandfather, they're passing away. Maybe you are one of those people. You can't see your own family. The government's taken away your, your, your right, just the human decency, to give somebody, you know, your last words, your last wishes. Your la- this is it. This is the end of the road. This could be it. What do you have left to say, to do? Is there anything? You can- no, you can't. They can't see you. It's too dangerous. There's too much COVID. It's too crazy. But we can have the Super Bowl. No, I'm sorry. You can't go from this province to that province. You can't see your own children. You can't visit your own family. Uh, no, if you fly in from another country, you know, you know, you got to be quarantined. You got to do the whole thing. But you can go to the Super Bowl. You guys need to stay home, stay safe, and cancel Christmas. And we're going to have contact tracers. We're going to have, uh, you know, armed thugs walking around patrolling your communities to make sure you're, you know, following municipal bylaws, which no one's even sure if they're, you know, they're legal or not. But you can go to the Super Bowl. Someone explain this to me. Why would you even risk this? You wouldn't. But it's very important that they keep the plebs and the uh, the public entertained and distracted and under control. As their, their rights are systematically stripped away and gobbled up. In the name of safety. In the name of protecting the people who are, you know, not doing so hot. Being, you know, separated from the rest of their family. And last time I checked, this vaccine's not doing them any favors either. But I can't really, I'm not really allowed, I don't think I'm allowed to have an opinion on that. I think that's illegal. Isn't it illegal to have the wrong opinion? I think that's medical misinformation, isn't it? (laughs) Something like that. Well, the virus is so deadly and scary. It's 99.9% survivable if you're under the age of 70. And the vaccine, only only 97% of people can take it without serious side effects. So 3% of people have serious side effects? But less than a tenth of 1% have serious side effects from the actual virus. Be quiet, sir. We don't like that around here. These are just basically going to be vent sessions, you know. I'm just going to shoot my mouth off and, uh, you know, be angry, you know, about these kinds of things. Um, for the people that watch these, these streams, again, RagingDissident.tv. I have a, a YouTube channel um, as well. Same name, Raging Dissident. Go there. Website. I'm just going to be plugging it over and over again. RagingDissident.tv. And I just honestly started doing this because, uh, like many of you, um, Maybe some of you guys are just catching up. I've been pretty much ready to check out of this two years ago. (laughs) And if it wasn't for my three children, God knows where I'd be right now. But you can only handle so much. And like I said, I I can't not say anything. I have to. I suppose a little bit of background would make sense, especially if you're listening on uh, iTunes or Spotify and have no idea what the hell it is you stepped into. Bring a helmet. (laughs) It's going to get rough. I was released from the Army. 2017, I served 14 years as an infantryman. I fought overseas in Afghanistan. And um, actually, right around now, I was maybe, perhaps, most people uh, wouldn't know. I was the subject of a very brief viral video once upon a time. Because my uh, home at the time, the home city of uh, Halifax, decided that it would be appropriate to... uh, Put young Omar Cotter on the uh, up on f- for display for standing ovations across you know most of the city, 
showed up to you know kiss his boots and say how sorry they were that he had to be put in jail for being a war criminal and you know a terrorist and we paid him 10 million dollars and now it's only fair that he be paraded around the country like a hero and everyone show up to say you know how wonderful that is well i you know i couldn't stand that being who i am and you know having kind of an outspoken opinion and hey he's right down the road i was 20 minutes away so i went down there with my medals on and stood there in the rain and tried to get in there to let this guy hear my two cents, exactly what I think of him. But, uh, you know, they wouldn't let me in in most of the city. The entire, everyone was on on his side. I stood there and, you know, basically uh, shamed them all. No one had anything to say. No one. Not, no one. They would look at their feet. They're disgusting and they're cowards. And then I listened to them uh, mock me on the radio, local radio in Halifax, for two days after the fact. He's crazy, that guy. Probably has post-traumatic stress. He needs help, I think. ha <laughs> ha Coming up after this, how young is too young for sodomy? <laughs> Drag queen story time for the five-year-olds of Dartmouth Public Library. Call in with your suggestions. I can't wait personally. I just think it's really good to expose children to different you know, ideas and cultures. I know, Susie, I know. It's dinosaurs like this guy that think just because he fought in a war against the guy that we're now in love with, that he's, he has any kind of educated opinion on what kinds of people these are. It's ridiculous. It really is. Let me play some car. Coming up next, we got WAP from Cardi B. Because it's 930 in the morning. This is the kind of, I'm, I'm not kidding. They were talking about uh, pretty lewd, disgusting stuff at like 9 o'clock in the morning, 8.30 in the morning. I was driving my kids to school. They hear this on the radio. My own kids are hearing it, you know. And this is the kind of stuff they prop out, and you know, but I'm the bad guy. We're the bad guy. We're all bad people. We're all bigots. And I kind of say that affectionately. 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 Am I making up words? Reboot. It's a joke. It's ironic. Because the word bigot means you're intolerant of other people's ideas or cultures or, you know, lifestyles or whatever. I suppose that's true. I'm very intolerant of communism, pedophiles, thieves, murderers, uh, you know, uh, crooked politicians, crooked judges, cops, you know, basically bad people in, in general. Anybody that's a, a weak coward that uses their position and influence to victimize other people and, you know, prop themselves up while pushing others down uh, because it's all about me getting mine. Yeah, I'm definitely not a, not a fan of those people. I do not want to hear their side of it. I don't care about their opinion. I don't care what their excuses are. Yes, I'm a bigot. What's he got against communists anyway? <laughs> I don't know. They just, um, they do have the high score kill count, 80 million dead or something like that. It's uh, maybe, maybe it's not a good idea at this point. Maybe not. <laughs> Beep. You'll hear that a lot. That's my communism detector. It goes off every uh, 20 minutes or so. Every time it does, a communist gets his wings. <laughs> you know? I think I had that video somewhere. I don't, I don't really want to feel like playing it. I've had to hear it so many times. I've been linked to it so many times. It was retarded. And I, I did have th- thou- literally thousands of messages uh, the next d- over the next uh, three days or so, three, four days. I did get to briefly talk to Gavin McGinnis. That was kind of interesting. This is before I realized he was a, a fed and apparently put dildos up his ass on TV for lick for clicks. But, well, you know, I was just happy to, you know, uh, get, get mine. And by mine, I mean our voice heard. A lot of these veterans feel the same way I did. 
which is evidenced by the countless. Um, I can't even count how many you know messages I got, and I went by and I went through and answered every single one of them. Took me a long time, and they all said pretty much the same thing. They're all thinking the same thing, and they all want to say the same thing, but they either get, you know they'll get in trouble with work, yada yada yada. Fortunately for me, I burned all those bridges. <laughs> I'm never gonna have a regular job again. I'm an evil, evil bad guy now. So I really don't care. And I feel like it's my, it's my job, it's my duty to do that. Well, these guys are dead and they're gone and they're not here anymore. And they don't get to, they're not here to say anything. So I have to. And I think that's something along the lines of what I said then. I don't really remember. If we don't speak for the dead, then who does? I am sure as hell not going to let it be Justin Trudeau or Catherine McKenna or Aaron O'Toole. Or Harjeet Sajan, God help us all. The architect. He's the architect. He architected it. What did he build his sand tape? Did he build his map model out of Legos? Is that his is that his idea of architecting? The biggest battle since the Korean War the Canadian forces are engaged in, and he's he goes going around and try to take credit for that. Like he had some kind of instrumental role in it. Who does that? Well, you know, narcissists and sycophants and scumbags and self-interested uh, monsters that generally like to get into government because they want the uh, the attention, the, the the power, the gravitas, the big money that comes along with it. Six-figure paycheck, big pension, great big pension. You only got to do a little bit of time. Did you know that some ministers, when they go from one position to another, they get a pension for being minister of A, minister of B, minister of C. They start stacking these pensions up like they're collecting Pokemon cards. Which, when you consider who the people are working our government, I'm not even sure that's an exaggeration. They might literally be playing Pokemon Go in the House of Commons. If they even go to work. You know, normally they do everything over Zoom call now. But they're still getting paid their big fat pension. You can't open your job. You can't go to work. You need your hours cut, reduced, business shut down, non-essential. But they can sit around and jawbone over, you know, Zoom calls about how the next $250 million contract they're going to steal and peddle off to their friends. Justin, how did your mom get a quarter of a million dollars? Ah, uh, 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 I, uh, we have always worked hard for Canadians and the middle class and those working hard to join it. That, that's not an answer. You didn't even address anything that I said. Diversity and inclusion in the current year. What? It's like when you wake up, I, I, I was driving. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's difficult to say because, you know, why are you in a bad mood? What are you so angry about? I don't even remember. It's like death by a thousand cuts. It's just you can only handle so many, so much stupid crap in the run of a lifetime. And I think I just maxed out early. Early, I, I just wanted to go get a piece of pizza because, I mean, there's hardly anywhere I can go. You got to put on your mask and put on your. I I refuse to do it. I won't support these places. I just won't do it. And there's a few places that uh, you know are pretty OG and don't care. Remember when it was cool to be that you know, not trust the government and rage against the machine. Now we rage for the machine. And if you don't do what the government uh, tells you to do, you're the bad guy. <laughs> just wanted to get some food and uh, you know snowstorm. Uh, you know it, it, we're in Canada, so I mean snowstorms do happen. When I was a kid. Uh, they would plow and salt the roads and sand the roads and do whatever. 
prior to the storm, during the storm, sometimes lulls in the storm immediately after so people could travel on the roads that they pay with their tax money for and get to where they got to go, go to work, whatever. Ah, Frank Bosch, Saturday, the Leafs and the Habs is on. What's the big rush? Well, I don't know. Maybe I hurt myself. I need to get to a hospital. <laughs> you know, you don't just you don't just get to it when you get to it. But anyway, my point is, it seems as though no matter what you do in the run of a day, there's some evidence somewhere, whether it's just driving to get a something to eat, you're standing in line at the post office, whatever it is. You can see society degenerating in front of you everywhere you look. Everything is worse than it used to be. You used to be able to expect people to do the bare minimum. They would do their job, you know, snowstorm. Well, they're, they're at least plowing salt the roads. I mean, that is what we pay them for. Nah, they do it when they feel like it now. Jeez, I went, I went into another store a while ago. Uh, they closed at 11, so it was like, it's 1040. It's like, oh, I got 20 minutes. No, they closed early. Oh, you know, it's pretty much 11, boy. Fuck. 1030, 1040, Mike. You rounds it up to 11. That's the new Common Core, Matt. What? You know, like every everybody everywhere gives less of a fuck than ever before. But somehow we're supposed to be optimistic about the state of affairs. Everything is somehow going to magically work out. We're a trillion dollars in debt. We've got no jobs. We've got no plan for the future. We're destroying our energy sector, our oil economy. Gas is gone. We're farming out all of our jobs overseas to China, who we love now. The Nova Scotia Premier said he loves China. It's just a different culture. They're just different over there. Yeah, they're all about genocide and... Human experiments, kidnapping our citizens, by the way. I'm sure the two Michaels were really appreciative uh, appreciative of that, uh, Premier McNeil. Just a different culture. We just have a culture of kidnapping your citizens and torturing them. That's all. <laughs> Trudeau admires their basic dictatorship. The conservatives take their money. You know, the NDP are just full-blown terrorists. Jagmeet Singh literally sat next to a bunch of Sikh separatist terrorists. On video, at a table, where they're talking about the superiority of the Sikh culture and how they're going to take over and this and that. Refuses to denounce the Air India bombing. I think he's banned from several countries. The absolute state of this country is beyond clown town. It's another dimension of clown. This is like the it monster, every Joker character, and uh, who was a serial killer? John Wayne Gacy? They all got together and rolled up in a ball of methamphetamines and the lowest IQ made up of, you know, toaster parts and, you know, Fisher-Price uh, toys. They went to the CERN Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland, spun that bitch up in the most ridiculous dimension possible, and they just rolled it all together and sucked us in with them. That's basically how Canada's run now. Our finance minister... God bless her little hams. Doesn't know what happens if interest rates go up. You know, we've got more debt than ever. Debt to income or debt to GDP is insanely out of control. Um, Before, this is before the pandemic, the average Canadian household was $200 away from being underwater in debt. Bankruptcy, $200 away from bankruptcy. That was before. So we'll just borrow money ad finitum forever. And when questioned by shadow uh, finance critic Pierre Polyev, what happens if the interest rate goes up just 2%, which inevitably it will do? Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah, that's not what a brain's called, Christian. We know that you you don't have a brain. That's what you meant to say. 
You don't need a crystal ball. You just punch in, you know, the current debt multiplied by 2% month over month. I mean, it's math. Math isn't hard. But I guess math is racist now. We did talk about that on the last stream Friday night. Again, if you're interested, they're a lot louder. There's some, you know, we play rock music. I drink beers and I yell a lot. And, uh, you know, there's some funny voice modulation things that go on. Uh, People call in at the end. It's fun. We hang out. It's kind of like being at the pub back in the day when you were allowed to do that. You know, and men could just talk. You could just talk about stuff. Uh, That's basically what we're doing. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. RagingDissident.tv, all the links and everything are there. And there's a mailing list. Whatever. But I digress. (laughs) What are we even talking about? It's a mess. And what happens next? Well, there'll be a financial crisis, inevitably. Uh, We're going to do this uh, sham election. The liberals are going to win a majority because they put the most unelectable uh, buffoon of an incompetent moron in Aaron O'Toole in the Conservative Party. Even though he polled the lowest, was the least popular, him and and Peter McKay were the least popular, the least palatable, and the least desirable. Completely struck out all zeros across the board with the under-25 crowd. Nobody likes these guys. But somehow they became the front runners, and Aaron O'Toole wins the ele- with the Dominion voting machines. I've heard something about Dominion voting Dominion voting machines somewhere before. I can't remember where. Probably unimportant. You had Derek Sloan, who was very popular, and Leslyn Lewis, who was very popular. The uh, black woman, she's a lawyer, polled str- most strongly in Saskatchewan, which is of course the most racist area of Canada, as you know, CBC and Eastern Canada would have you believe. That's who they wanted. <laughs> Or Derek Sloan. And they, you know, they got knocked off, you know, of course. Now O'Toole is uh, polling, I don't know, what, 10 points lower? It looked like the, uh, you know, Shear and Trudeau were pretty close. And now, you know, Shear wasn't that good either. But O'Toole is just Shear, but even way less likable than that guy. (laughs) You know? They're doomed to fail. Uh, this, is, this is the end of the conservative party. And now they're kicking out their own people for chiming. For I'm sorry. Isn't this a Canadian uh, value? Don't we value the men and women that are brave enough to speak up and, and buck the trend and speak against the crowd and go against the grain and say the unpopular things and say the things that need to be said, even though nobody wants to hear it, even though everybody, you know, it needs to be said. No, we, we shun those people and we kick them out now. Like that, what's the guy's name? Jim Coralios. I think he was a he was a Greek MP. He's got a Greek last name. I don't think he's from Greece. They kicked him out. They kicked out Derek Sloan. They uh, demoted Pierre to the backbench because well, he was taking too much. It's a joke. There's no one in charge. What you know? <laughs> Mommy and Daddy have left the building, and so yeah, it, it's like I wake up and. Uh, that movie, Idiocracy, Mike Judge, 2006. Mike Judge wrote and you know directed that. He's the guy that did King of the Hill. I think he predicted in the future 25-something, 500 years in the future. Uh, basically, the average man today is a genius then because the, you know, the dumbing down has continued for so long. And it is true that the average IQ, I think, is 10 or 15 points lower than... I'm just pulling numbers out of my, uh, out of my hat here. I don't know, but it's been declining for a while. Are you sure? Well, I don't know, Becky. Kids are eating Tide Pods. <laughs> you know what I never did as a kid? Ate detergent. <laughs> huh. 
was talking about this with somebody else. You know what would fix a lot of this? If we just took the warning labels off of everything for like a week. Just, just one week. Take the warning labels off of everything. And just let nature take its course. I don't know, sir. Should I, should I drink this or, like, what do you think? I don't know, Patrick. Do you think you should drink that? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Well, that's a decision you're just going to have to make on your own. That's bleach! No, you don't! And it wasn't even like it was two and three-year-olds that were out of control eating Tide Pods. It was 15, 16-year-old kids. They're licking toilet seats. They're, they're literally licking toilet seats. Oh, it's for the gram, bro. It's for TikTok. I mean, how do you not feel like the joke? If you're a grown man with a, with a brain cell still functioning in your head, and if you're especially, if you're over the age of 30, that you have the for, fortune or misfortune of remembering what the world was like before 9-11, before the internet, before, you know, social media, cell phones, Facebook, it was a completely different place. And, uh, you know, every day I wake up and a little bit more and a little bit more, I'm more and more lost in my own world that uh, just went completely down the toilet. I just stood here and watched it burn to the ground. And everyone running around is completely out of their minds. Almost everybody. Now we got to wear two masks and gloves and face shields and goggles and glory holes because germs exist. But only in certain places and only for certain people. I read a story earlier about a, an airline where if you were trying to sleep, they let the people in first class take the masks off. Because, I mean, who wants to sleep with a mask on? But that doesn't apply to the people in the back of the plane. For God's sakes, you're in a plane if this supposed airborne virus is on the plane. Uh, you know, the air you're breathing in the plane is all recirculated through the plane. So if one person coughs in first class, it's going to affect. <laughs> There's another thing that's going down the tubes. Airlines. I've gone all. I've gone across this country five or six times now, just in the past year, and uh, I have yet to observe anything resembling this nightmare we're talking about on TV. Must just be my white privilege kicking in. I'm just lucky that I. I flew on a 737 west to east, and there was 12 people on the plane. I think those things. What do they hold? 300 people. Speaking of 9/11, 12 people. Because you know they got always got to sit so far apart and everything else. Nobody wants to travel. So the airlines are being destroyed. Industry is being destroyed left and right. These are, these are not losses that we can make up. And what will the government do to fix this? Well, they'll raise taxes. They'll raise taxes. They'll raid, uh, raid pension funds. They'll cut Social Security spending. They'll cut, uh, they'll cut what they need to cut. But that's what they do. And all it does is accelerate the decline. And then they sit around and they pull their hair out. And they're like, I don't understand. We were so woke. We planted so many trees. Well, they didn't. Remember, they're going to plant two billion trees. That never happened. We've got solar panels. Well, they're covered in snow right now. I don't know what happened. Because wokeness does not equal success. Again, I was an, I was an NCO in the military. And this is, I, I, as much as I hated it a lot of the time, 14 years I was in there. But you know what? There's one really important life lesson that you learn every day over and over and over again in an environment like the military, like the army specifically, like the infantry specifically, specifically, specifically. Because in that world, 
they're the only thing that matters is if it works or if it doesn't work. If I'm with my guys and we need to build a rope bridge over a, a river in November and it's minus five and we've all got our rucksacks and it's raining, you know, and oh God, we can't sit around and petition the river to be more woke and accept more BIPOC soldiers. No, all you, all we get there, how we get there, rope bridge, cut down a, tr- throw a tree over it, whatever we got to do, but whatever works, works. You don't have the luxury of make-believe. You don't have the luxury of fantasy. I don't care what you identify as, what your skin color is, what magic you know book you listen to or pray to, whatever. Uh, your rucksack still weighs 90 pounds. It's always going to. And every step, it's going to crunch your spine a little bit more. It doesn't matter. All that matters is cold, hard reality. And if you do stupid things that don't work in cold, hard reality, you die. Or you get really hurt and other people or whatever, right? And if it does work, hey, it works. And how do you know it works? Because it just worked. That's how the rest of the world used to operate. So imagine my surprise when I leave the military to now discover the world I left behind 14, 15 years ago when I joined has been, uh, you know, overrun by, I don't even know what you'd call it. Mentally detached infants that are more, you know, victimhood, you know, professionals. Oh, that's not true. Everything by every metric is worse than it was 10 years ago and 10 years before that and 10 years before that and 10 years before that. Happiness index way down. How's employment? How are your future prospects out there, everybody? How are you guys feeling? You feeling good? You say things are better or worse than 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. The average purchasing power of the dollar is 30% less, I think, about around about that than it was in 1980. In 1980, I went to school with a guy, not in 1980, I was negative five years old at that time. But I went to school with a guy back then whose father sold shoes. He sold shoes, women's shoes a lot of, but men's shoes as well. And I knew this because when I went to his house, which was a very nice place, garage, several bedrooms, couple bathrooms, finished basement, the whole thing. Big piles of shoes in the basement. All these shoes. What is going on? I was like, oh, my dad's a shoe salesman. Oh. And there was a TV show, uh, uh, Married with Children, Al Bundy. Maybe you recall it. You know what he did? He sold women's shoes. Worked at a shoe store. Big house, garage, driveway, wife, kids. Wife doesn't work, stays home. You know? That used to be normal. Now you've got mom and dad working three jobs or more between the two of them. Kids in daycare, pulling their hair out, can't get enough money to buy a new dishwasher. Forget about vacations and new cars and cottages and, uh, you know, kids playing hockey or any of that. Oh, yeah, all the kids played hockey, by the way, back then. That's a rich kid sport now. You're not playing hockey unless your mommy and daddy got a lot of money. And everybody's aware of this. Because, in essence, we're not run by countries and, and politicians anymore and haven't been for a long time. They're middle management. They're middlemen. Bill Gates is more your president than anyone else. Jeff Bezos, the Rockefellers, the Koch brothers, the Rothschilds, the International Banking Syndicate decides what you do. We are the ones in charge now. 
Well, where's proof of that? You know, everyone, show me proof. Give links. Send me a link. Just use your brain. These people, the top, you know, fractional 1% of the human population, whatever it is, made $4 trillion since the pandemic started. Did you know that? And do you know where they, they didn't really make the money so much as they stole it from you? Because that's roughly the same amount that has been sucked out of the middle class of the Western world. About $4 trillion lost. And it all went upstairs to the corporate overlords. And you know what the corporate overlords do? Well, they push social justice initiatives that pit everybody against each other. They, you know, push the, you know, the green energy bullshit, which destroys your ability to provide for yourself. It destroys your energy culture and your industry and your, your jobs, your economy. The, pretty much the heart of the Canadian economy is destroyed now. While simultaneously funding those jobs and those opportunities and those things in places like China. Justin Trudeau at one point uh, shut down several, if not all, of the uh, coal mines in the area around Calgary to a tune of $150 million in job losses, and then used almost a, to the dollar amount $150 million and reinvested that money in Chinese coal plants. Not even Chinese chicken farms. Coal plants. There's two sets of rules here, guys. There's rules for us and there's rules for them. So this is why, you know, it really bothers me. I kind of figured this out a while ago, and now I'm just really, really annoyed by it. Um, and everybody, oh, we'll just vote him out. We'll just vote this guy out. And then we'll get, replace him with who? They're all the same. Because it's these, these, you know, corporate billionaire interests that, that, that donate to the Liberal Party and the Conservative Party and the NDP. It doesn't matter. And these people who think, we're the resistance. We're bashing the fash. Sponsored by Pepsi and Coca-Cola. Sponsored by Starbucks. Nike, just bash. The Super Bowl would like to take time to honor the sacrifice of George Floyd. (laughs) Cruelly stricken down in his prime just as he was about to ascend to Supreme Court justice. When racist Nazis appeared and brutally murdered him in the street simply for being a black man. And then some F-18s fly over. Are you kidding me? Like, we know these corporations are bad. Reminds me of that joke from uh, Fight Club. It'll just be, uh, you'll be in the Microsoft country on planet Starbucks in the Amazon galaxy. That's how it ends. It's like Monopoly. Everybody, you know, these guys are eventually just going to own everything. Not you. It was George Carlin. George Carlin was a huge influence of mine. I really love that guy. Wish I'd ever got to see him live. I think when did he die? Two thousand eight, six something. It's a big club, and you're not in it. <laughs> you and I are not in the big club. Everybody's too doped up on pills and drugs and video games and sports to realize, like he said. The American dream is that you got to be asleep to believe it. It's a system that threw you overboard 20 fucking years ago. He sold you out. And the politicians are just there. They're middle management. They don't want to upset this system because they've got it pretty good. They're in the upper ruling class part of the system. They're millionaires. They're making six-figure uh, incomes and pensions. Why would they want to change this? They only care about themselves. Why? Why would they care? 
Why would they want to change anything? Hey, you know what we should do? <laughs> Upend this whole thing so I stop being a millionaire. Oh, and maybe I can be the target and, you know, the recipient of the wrath of the Koch brothers or the Rothschilds or, or whoever. Yeah, that's what I want. No, they're not going to do that. They're cowards and they're weak, and they just want the status quo. They just want everything to stay the way it is because it's working out pretty well for them. Well, it's not working out pretty well for the rest of us. Record high overdoses, record high suicides, record high violence. How are the racial tensions going? Thank you for that, media, by the way. Entirely their fault. Every day, nonstop. Uh, which parts of the alphabet are going to be racist next? <laughs> Math is apparently racist. We talked about that on Friday. I realize I'm all over the place in you know 50 million different topics, but uh, that's basically just how this goes now. <laughs> you getting a feel for this yet? I got to keep an eye on the time. I don't want to go too over. Just an hour-ish. I'm going to try and do these once a week-ish, Saturday, Sunday, maybe middle of the night like we're doing now. I see you guys there in the chat. I just wanted to, in case, have something to bounce off of some of your guys' uh, super chats there. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'll read them towards the end. I don't want to get uh, too knocked off track here. But now I already am. Now I don't know, remember what I was even talking about. Just the absolute state. And it, it's difficult to understand or envision a way forward because it's not that people are lazy or that they don't want to. It's that things have gotten so bad now that it's really hard to even uh, – I mean, man, you're trying to, like, get off a plane that's on fire filled with smoke and no lights. You don't know where the exits are. Everybody's screaming. It's like, you know, <laughs> good luck. You know, and everybody, you know – we got to get off this plane. Well, where do we go? Well, let's, that's going to that's gonna take some effort. What's with the wall, by the way, at Parliament Hill? I joked about this the other night also. <laughs> because in America, they do things the American way. This is America, motherfucker. We're going to protect our, our, our leadership, air quotes, from the peasants. How we're going to do it the American way. We both did it different ways. The Canadians did it the Canadian way. The Americans did it the American way. The Americans do up front, in your face, big dick energy, big power. Hoorah, America. 50,000 troops shut down D.C., razor wire fences, big walls, guns, Humvees, helicopters, no fly zone. You want in? You're not getting in. Roadblocks, MPs, stop and search. You're not getting anywhere near this. Well, how do we do this in Canada? Well, we don't have um, we don't really have much of a military anymore. The guys we do have are deployed in piecemeal, tiny, tiny little operations all over the world. The guys that are back here aren't serviceable. Many of them are injured or fat and lazy and useless. Uh, you know, the infantry regiments are de extremely depleted. Recruiting targets are down. Uh, equipment is ancient. Uh, country's huge. We don't have logistical ability to move a lot of these guys around very easily. <laughs> provide you know post a bit of a problem if you're somebody like gerald butts trying to think of how we're going to to figure this out i don't know if this is what they did but i find it hilarious to think about and why not so i wonder if they that's the american plan ah oh, jerry you know and, and when was that the guy was his name Corey hearn or cody hearn the guy that uh that's how on the ball the canadian uh intelligence agencies are Guy was posting on Facebook he was going to kill Trudeau for months. 
then gets in his car, in his truck, with an M14, I think I believe it was, or a Mini-14, something, some kind of rifle, drives all the way to Ottawa, rams the gate of the cottage where this idiot's supposedly living, and then walks around the grounds with a rifle for 25 minutes before anyone even noticed. <laughs> Holy freak, boy, guys walking around in the front line with a rifle. Where? Look at that. Holy jumping. Look at him. Probably send the police out there, eh? Oh, yes. Get the Mounties on the phone right quick. <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, every there's this sense that they think the government is this omnipotent, super powerful force. But, like, I'm telling you, the older I get, I'm like, I think they're just retarded. Maybe in some places of the world. I mean, I know the, some, some elements of the American establishment are very powerful and skilled at what they do. But in Canada, I just don't... Uh, uh, so how do they how do they protect the building? Well, they did it the Canadian way. I wonder. Trudeau asked Jerry. You know, Jerry's from Cape Breton. Love him. Uh, listen, boy. Here's what here's what I says we do. Right? Look at this. We don't got the troops or the guns. That's a problem. What we we do got is a lazy population that don't like a lot of exercise or doing much. Uh, so we just put a big walls up, right? And we tell them we're doing renovations. Uh, we're just doing renos in here, boys. Uh, big wild so you don't come, you know, tripping in here, walking on nails and hammers and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just uh, keep back about a good 200 feet from the building at all times. We've got this nice 10-foot wall wrapped around the whole parliament building there so nobody can get nowhere near the place. Sounds legit to me. When was that? Oh, it's been a year. That wall's been there for a year now. For renovations <laughs> imagine i don't know but imagine if that is the that is the real reason and they're just like fingers crossed nobody figures it out and they're just sitting there laughing hysterically like oh we'll we'll tear up the lawn say we're doing renovations just put a big wall up and no one no one even tries to get around the damn thing <laughs> well there's a big wall here by so i guess we'll just stand on the other side of it and wave our flags and signs around and I mean, geez, we've been out here two hours. She's getting, I'm getting a little bit cold, so I suppose I'll head her, head her home. The Leafs and Habs is on later, so. <laughs> oh, man, what a country. <laughs> For now, I mean, it's not going to last. Again, the debt crisis is coming. We've got no money. We're underwater in debt. We're upside down. We have no gold at all. If you have a single ounce of gold at home, you have more than the entire government of Canada has. Did you know that? And they're going to try and borrow more money at interest from the central bank. A lot of people don't know that even exists, how it works. Where does money come from? I don't know. Nobody ever told me. That's on purpose. You should find out. It's very important how it works. There's a private bank that has it all. Which Who owns that? Nobody knows. It's a secret. But they buy their money from the International Monetary Fund which is, you know, overseas in a different country. And the IMF buys its money from from the BIS for the Bank for International Settlement. So it's a massive pyramid. But anyway, by the time it gets to the government, they borrow the money at interest. They're going to borrow $100 million, but they're going to owe 100 and, you know, maybe $1.2, you know, billion dollars of money that doesn't exist because they just printed it out of nothing and the only way they can pay for it is by taxing you. And now I don't even think the government understands this. I, Justin Trudeau said in an interview 
Someone asked him again about all the money borrowing, and he smugly said, uh, rates are at historic lows. Like, they're basically 0%. He, it seemed as though he believed that this money is just free and that the inevitability of raising interest rates w- just won't affect him for some reason. <laughs> uh, it's terrifying. I imagine that would be like, that, that's like when you, imagine if you're like, this has probably happened to someone out there being 11 or 12 years old. And then you're like coming downstairs for school in the morning or something. And your father's there like drunk in his underwear. And he's like trying to dig toast out of the toaster with a fork while it's plugged in. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, man, my parents are. Re- oh, they're retarded. I'm literally smarter than them. That's terrifying. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm not smart. I'm average at best. But everybody else seems to have gotten way stupider. Specifically the people in the government. But worse than that, if it wasn't, if it was just, if it was just that they were dumb or ignorant or naive, that's one thing. But they're also very bad people. They're narcissists. They're selfish. And they don't care about you. They don't care about any of us. They prove it in their actions every day. They tell you to do one thing, they do the opposite. And when they get caught doing insane things, like, the th- you know, they just brush it off. There's never any consequences. When's the last time anybody in this country ever went to jail for doing something, you know, ridiculously irresponsible? Uh, never. 2000 and never, I believe, is the year that happened. 1990, never. 1970, never. Because they're privileged. They're the ruling class. They're allowed to do these kinds of things. You don't, you're not on the same level as them. That's not how it works. You're just a tax farm. You're just there to work the machines and keep the lights on and kick the money upstairs so Justin can fly around with his entourage and have $400 hot towels and $50 sliced lemons and $17,000 for booze and caviar. Oh, and his second plane for his wardrobe. And then when he lands there with his two plane loads of of goofballs, he's going to give a speech on climate change. It's funny now all of a sudden he's learned how to use Zoom calls and Skype messaging you know, to, to make uh, statements in other places. But, uh, you know, <laughs> pre-black death that we live in, he was flying all over the goddamn place. As they all do. Patty Hadzu flew back and forth the whole time. Stay at home. Nobody travel anywhere. Non-essential travel is banned because you'll kill everyone. Don't be irresponsible. Uh, sorry, got to go. I got a plane to catch. You paid for those planes too, by the way. John Tory, lock down Toronto, destroy your businesses. Oh, I, anyway, sorry, guys, I got to go to Florida now. <laughs> Doug Ford, oh, you yahoos, you better, oh, man, I mean, let me catch you, buddy, let me tell you. Oh, you better wear that mask. And you better, didn't you just go get a photo op with, like, a 90-year-old woman with no mask on? It's it's beyond like it's it's just uh at least at least in our father's day or their generation 
of, of scumbaggery and lies and, and nonsense on the TV. They had the they had the decency to try to make it believable, you know? It was it was a little it was harder to filter out the nonsense. You had to have a little more skill, a little more tact. You had to be paying attention a little bit. You had to be a little sharper than the average catch to the average cat to catch this. Not anymore. <laughs> they just Well, they might as well just walk around with clown clown uh, wigs and noses on. Telling you, uh, every, hey, everybody from now on, you got to walk on your hands or else COVID will get you, but only after 10 p.m. Because it's a nighttime predator. It waits in the bushes. And uh, if you're on the street, well, at 8 p.m., I think. Is it 8 p.m. that COVID gets you in Quebec? The French version of COVID is much more serious. It will literally assault you from the bushes. It'll just tackle you. It'll come running from across the street. Take you right out. A friend of mine was telling he barely survived, barely got away with his life. Like, I was just curious. Just gonna walk outside, just to see, to see what happened. It was cold, dark. Just walking round, moon was out, shining. It's quiet, so quiet. Your footsteps. Bang! Ah! Came just, just sprinted from across the street. In steel toe Doc Martin boots, and just drop kicked him right in the head. COVID, double, almost near killed him. Near took his head right off. Look down at my watch. It's nine oh one, one minute after curfew. You know, or eight oh one, whatever it is. Because it gets you at nighttime. That's why all the restaurants have to close at ten, or you can't serve liquor past nine. Or like, what the? F- <laughs> the gyms can't be open though, but the liquor stores can be open. That barbecue place? Nah, no, no, you can't. Because we don't care about, about your need to feed your family and facilitate your you know, own uh, pursuit of your own life's goals. But Walmart, who is literally across the street, they obviously can stay open. They have special COVID doors and windows that keep everybody out. Have you seen the kind of people that frequently shop at Walmart? I have. There's a website called People of Walmart. And for whatever reason, they're just uh, drawn to it. <laughs> I would expect them to be less cognizant of public health orders and having the ability to, you know, protect themselves and other people properly. But that's just my, <laughs> just my guess. Get them extra bottles of Pepsi. Put them in the cart. We already got 37 bottles. It's on sale, Peggy. Jesus. Wearing like mustard stained sweatpants that didn't haven't fit them since like nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> Grown men wearing an Elmo shirt. Methed out. Haven't showered in weeks. You know. Do I need do I need to go on? It's Walmart. For whatever reason. That is <laughs> these are the things you will see at Walmart. All right. They can stay open. Small businesses can't. Because of reasons. And they take your money and they give them to their own companies. The government, what are they, they, another, another was another we charity type situation. Another a company that was created a week ago got two hundred million dollars. And when they were questioned on it, how how do you how did you select this program for this for this benefit when it only existed a week ago? What criteria did you use? What uh, they have no answer. And it turns out there was a liberal uh you know liberal party member with direct ties to that company. 
sure that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, man. Unreal. Unreal. It's all started because I just wanted a piece of pizza, but it took me twice as long to get there and back. Because we don't salt the roads anymore or plow the roads or sand the roads or do anything, really. Nobody's really motivated to do even the bare minimum anymore, so. <laughs> Why not? It's all so tiresome. What do you even, you know. <sighs> you try and laugh about it is the best, this is the best you can do. <laughs> because again, we're post iceberg. I don't see it getting better. I don't see how it can get better. You pretty much just have to let it happen at this point. It's like uh, trying to go in to, to save some of your belongings when your house is already completely engulfed in flames. It's like, it, you know, first of all, you're not going to save anything. Second of all, you're probably just going to burn yourself. You might even die. So the best we, all you can do now is just watch it burn. Watch it come down, burn. It's going to be awful. It's going to be painful. You're going to lose a lot of stuff. And uh, it's going to be very traumatic. And then there's a lot of work to do. You got to clear the rubble away. Deal with insurance companies who aren't going to pay you because they're scum. Try and rebuild your home or get a, you know, start all over again. And that's just where I think we're going. You've got Western separatism sentiment is uh, pretty high. CBC will never tell you that. But uh, go out there and talk to some people. If you're from Eastern Canada, if you're from Ontario, Quebec, the Maritimes, go out there and talk to them. I did. They're uh, not happy, to say the least. Uh, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you go to e the eastern provinces, I've had three different people tell me that equalization payments don't even exist. That's a myth that conservatives say to make us feel bad. <laughs> what? No, it's not. Oh, no. You know, it's a myth that there's more than two genders. Oh, oh podcast canceled. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know. I suppose I should just wrap it up. That's pretty much an hour. You get the gist of it. Uh, in the future, I may do some of these with some other people. Um, Sean Arson's a friend of mine. We wanted to talk about uh, maybe what comes next. What can we do next? Veterans especially. Listen, guys. Um whether you like it or not, you're in a position to be community leaders. People, you know, people respect. Some of us still do. Most of the country doesn't. Most of the country doesn't respect the military or veterans or anything that we went through. They only like to virtue signal. Um, they'll pretend to care for that one hour a year. They'll change their Facebook uh, photo to put a filter on it. Or they'll say, hashtag... I remember, or hashtag lest we forget. They'll put on a, a poppy that they got for a quarter or nothing. If they can even be bothered to do that anymore. And that's basically it. And then they'll say, oh, I've got so much respect for our veterans. I care about them so much. Because I did these very trivial, meaningless, uh, you know, token gestures of appreciation. And then later, when they are killing themselves in record numbers, 
That seems to have dropped off, isn't it? I don't hear about that much anymore. Yeah, because you can only kill yourself once, and they're mostly all dead now. So obviously that's going to slow down. Wait until the government claims uh, you know, responsibility for that. Veteran suicides have hit a 10-year low. Yay! Oh, great job, you guys! Well, if they're all dead, it eventually will be zero, correct? And they got nothing to say. Brock Blaschek confronted that, uh, you know, that jerk. And he says, you're asking for more than we're willing to give right now. Well, I couldn't help but notice you gave $35 million to a state-of-the-art rehab center for Afghani soldiers. Ours still dying all the time. Still living in, in, you know, a nightmare. Stressed out, broke, depressed, mentally, physically destroyed. And we're the only ones that say anything about it. Because the government doesn't care. The public doesn't really care. Most of them don't. And the ones that do don't really know what to do. Because how can they? We're the ones that have to uh, to say something about it. But anyway, as someone that you know went and fought for this, what I thought the Canadian people stood for, I, mean, I, I just can't unprogram that. I can't unbuild that out of my character and my psyche. So I still believe it. And I still do care about the people that care about the things that I value so it's my responsibility to say something it's all of our responsibility and I'll leave on that especially you know referencing Sean as well he just did that uh, that rebel uh, news interview with uh, it was Menzies I think and he talked about uh, uh, Jordan Anderson who I also knew who was killed in uh, 2006 right before I deployed he said it's difficult to explain this to a gravestone the situation that we're in, that Canadians value the sacrifices of, of people like Jordan Anderson, of people like Donnie Lucas, Chris Stanix, Kevin Kennedy, Kevin McGinney, the Anderson brothers, Lionel Desmond, Ezra DeGroote. I don't I know too many. I don't even I can't keep track of them all. Never mind the guys killed in Korea. Never mind the guys killed in the world wars. The people of this country care so little for their supposed freedoms that they think they value, that they're so, so happy for and so grateful for, that they just gave it away because they were asked to. (laughs) Once upon a time, a year ago, the government said, Two weeks to flatten the curve. And then a year later, you don't have a face anymore. Or a job, probably. Or a social life, or a sex life, or or any kind of recreational ability. Your health has almost definitely gone to hell. And and how did this happen? Did the Chinese invade? Did, did we lose a war? No. The government instructed the media to tell you to hand over all of your personal freedoms and most and we and we did the end but don't worry i'm sure it's all going to go back to morton it's going to go back to normal someday soon because reasons <laughs> because i'm sure that uh, top fraction of society making money hand over fist trillions of dollars Uh, They're going to get tired of that soon and go, you know what? I feel guilty about stealing so much. And I'm sure the politicians 
people, you know, enjoying their their LARP fest where they pretend that they're heroes saving human civilization. They're going to get tired of that and their daily briefings and people kissing their ass and and all the and I'm sure the the provincial health uh, authorities are going to get tired of people drawing portraits of them and saying how heroic they are for saving their lives and being amazing. How much longer until they vote to give themselves all pay raises? It's been a few months since that's happened, right? I'm sure it's all just going to go back to normal. Because reasons. It's not. The only reason, the only way anything ever goes back to normal is if we all decide that's what we're doing now. We're done with this. Um, you know, I've been seeing this phrase go around, become ungovernable. And there's a phrase that I, you know, started saying, and it uh, kind of belongs to the community. Fuck you, make me. Make me. I'm not doing it. I refuse. Well, you have to do this. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. I can do whatever I want. I am a free man. And I'll make whatever choices I decide. You will not compel me through fear, intimidation, or force to do a singular goddamn thing that I don't want to do. Period. The end. Well, we'll force you. Try it. Me and these guys, we went across the world to go mass murder a bunch of people because that was our job because you asked us to. But you think we're just going to comply with this? Oh, well, I guess uh, I guess I'll just shut it down. I guess all that talk about, you know rights and freedom uh, never really meant anything after all. Yeah, but this is an emergency. If your rights don't transfer into an emergency, they're not rights at all. They never were. They're meaningless. That's like having an umbrella that only works when it's not raining. (laughs) Oh, it's not very good at stopping rain. That's why it's... Well, what is the point of it then? Uh, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I suppose that's enough. I'm going to try and do this uh, again uh, maybe next week. Maybe I'll do another one tomorrow with Sean. We're going to try and get together and talk about this. Uh, the gun uh, the gun right, gun lobby nonsense I don't want to get into now because that's a whole other bag of stupid. Um, but, you know, not a fan of the uh, Canadian gun lobby. Pretty inept. Pretty incompetent. Pretty pathetic. Uh, they lose, lose, and lose some more because they don't know what they're doing. They're not qualified, and uh, they don't even appreciate or understand the realm that they currently pretend to reside in. And they understand the arguments even less because, like everything else, it's uh, clowned down. Everything, everything is devolved to just uh, bare minimum, if that. And we've all just uh, accepted it and let it get to this point. Well, I refuse. I'm done. I'm not participating anymore. And I'm certainly done. And I've been done for a long time. Keeping my mouth shut about it. It's just like that guy. What a favorite movie. I use it all the time. 1977 or something. 76, 77. Network the movie. He says, I don't, I don't know what to do about the crime and the Russians and the gangs running wild in the street. But I do know, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value, and we don't really have lives anymore, do we? We have our pods and our house arrest. 
And I knew it was going to be bad. I knew it was going to be bad when early on with the mask nonsense, people not only accepted doing it, they started making their own cutesy custom. Look how look at my neat little mask. Taking pictures of them and putting them on the internet, selling them, turning it all into a whole business. Part of me died that day. <laughs> it's about keeping people safe. Yeah, it's about keeping somebody safe. But it's not us. That's the last thing they care about. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to shut this down and uh, go to bed. Got three young children who uh, will be up very soon. And, you know, that's the whole reason I do anything. So I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys here in the chat. Thanks for coming by the episode one of whatever the hell this is, the podcast test episode, the Raging Dissident podcast, the Raging Cast Pod, the Pod Rage, the Rage Pod. I don't know. <laughs> what do you guys think it should be called? I suppose I can always change it someday. I thought about calling it Hate Coffee. Alphabet character H, number eight, hate coffee. Maybe they'd be a little bit on the nose. I bet, uh, how many of these do you think I can get through before they cancel me? 10? 20? We'll just have to find out together. <laughs> All right, guys. Again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. RagingDissident.tv for the live streams. Um, it's loud and it's mean and it's... Uh, <laughs> Kind of insane. If you enjoyed this at all, you, you may like that uh, much better. And if you didn't like this, you'll hate that. And you'll definitely hate the community who uh, I'm very proud of um, helping to cultivate over the last couple of years. You guys are great. Uh, Rageadistant.tv, chaos.network is the name of the Discord server. If you're not familiar with that app, Discord, go in there. There's a link there and an invite. You can come hang out with everybody and, uh, you know, find your people. You don't have to be afraid about what you say there. That's going to do it for me. At JMAC674, Instagram, parlor, whatever else. Telegram, that one's important. T.me slash Raging Dissidents. And uh, see you on the beach. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs>